Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hello, Life Uncloseted family, and it is time once again to go explore where are we hiding? What are those closets we're hiding in that we need to come out of? It doesn't always necessarily mean you have to be a member of the LGBTQ plus community. In fact, people hide stuff all the time, as you all know, that listen to this podcast on a regular basis. And it wasn't until COVID that this guest decided it was time for her to quit hiding, quit hiding the truth of something that happened to her many years ago. And she has a story that I think you're going to really resonate with. She also has a book called The Accident that I'm going to encourage you to grab a hold of. It's available pretty much everywhere you can get one. And at 69 years old, this is when she started to really realize, hey, I got to tell my story. I got to be my truth. And I have to not be ashamed of it and quit having it hide in the closet. So from overcoming her issues around body images and fear and phobias and lacking some self-confidence and constantly feeling different. Sound familiar folks that listen to this all the time? My guest, Gay Petrillo, is here to talk about her book, The Accident, and to share her beautiful story about who she is and what her closet is. Gail, welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. Thank you, Rick. I'm excited to be here and share my story with your listeners as well. Awesome. So so your secret is you were just a stunning beauty and you've won every beauty pageant in the world. And no, that's, well, that wouldn't that be That was somebody thing. else. Okay, that was somebody else. But um <laughs> But no, it's always interesting because I actually have talked, I actually almost had a Miss Universe on the on the show once. And she's like, my secret is, as I have no self-confidence, I'm like, that would be such an amazing show, right? But yeah. um, yours actually happened when you were very young. You were what, two and a half years old when kind of things happened. And then you, you know, hey, you're a, a mature lady who's got a lot of years under your belt like me. I'm, I'm you know, one of those 60 year olds myself. And Man, the scars of what happens still live on for you. So why don't you take us a little bit into your story there, Gail? Sure, thank you. The scars definitely live on emotionally as well as physically. So I was born in upstate New York in the beautiful fall foliage of, you know, reds, greens, oranges. And my mom was taking me to a neighbor's house for a mom and daughter adult tea party. And so we walked, you know, three doors down to the neighbors and we were playing outside in the leaves and we could smell the cookies coming out of the oven and walked through the screen door into the kitchen, took our coats off, but we were dressed pretty much for fall. So we had a lot of layers on. And as I climbed up onto the table, I spotted cookies on the beautiful white linen tablecloth. And so as I reached for one of those cookies, I inadvertently pulled on the plug and toppled a full pot of freshly brewed coffee off the table and all over me. Mm. 
So I burned 40% of my body um, wow. all on my chest and was rushed to the emergency room. That was 1956. So mm. there was no 9-11. There right. was no pediatric ICUs. There was no burn unit. People didn't really know how to treat burns back then. And so our pediatrician met us at the hospital and actually really saved my life. Wow. Um, my parents didn't know if I would live or die. And here I am some 67 years later. And my parents never talked within the family or outside the family of that day and the accident. So I just grew up like normal, put normal in quotes, right? Uh -huh. Normal kid. But that caused that outgoing you little girl who wore ribbons and bows everywhere, that little girl disappeared forever and became someone afraid of everyone and everything. And so being afraid of things, right, both rational and irrational. So I was like many kids and adults afraid of needles, still am. Um, but I was also afraid of things like falling off my bicycle, crossing a bridge, running into a snake. So to get me on a bike with the rest of the kids was near impossible. I didn't do mm. that. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a family where we didn't talk about this accident and we never really addressed my fears and phobias and lack of self-confidence. And I did everything I could to hide my scars from people, whether it was in the gym class, preparing to go to gym with the rest of the girls or swimming class in our junior high school or right. going shopping with the girls because right. you have to change. Um, so my life was very different. And it wasn't until just before COVID. Well, let me back up. So my background is in the healthcare arena. I've yeah. been in that arena for over 30 years, much of which is was in the human resources arena. And so about seven years ago, I created my own business. And I launched with a fundraiser in 2018 that was a benefit for a local nonprofit that is actually international, Beads of Courage. The second year was 20, it was September of 2019. Okay. And by this time I had known the founder pretty well and she was getting ready to go on stage and we were chatting back and forth. And as her nonprofit is international, I live vicariously through her and I'm always like, so Jean, where have you been? Japan, China, England, Chicago, right? And she said, you know, I'm a single mom and I've done a lot of work with my kids' athletics. And so I just spent three days in Phoenix at the Phoenix Children's Burn Hospital. And I was working with the kids who struggled with burns. Mm -hmm. And my mouth opened and nothing came out. And at that very second, the MC was calling me to go to the podium. So I walked up to the podium. First year I had 80 people in my audience. In 2019, I had 200 in my audience and I approached the podium. I probably knew 190 people in the audience. And the only person who was in the audience that knew my really, at that time, full story 
was my husband. Mm -hmm. So I get up to the podium and the tears just started to flow uncontrollably. And I apologized to the audience. And I said, I'm really sorry. I was just talking to Jean backstage. And she shared that she just spent three days with burn survivor kids in Phoenix. And I wish my family and I had had that kind of support when I was a toddler and burned. It was a luncheon. There was all kinds of silverware and glasses banging until I spoke. Dead silence. And afterwards, there was a woman in the audience who's very well known in Tucson. I knew her by reputation, but by, not by in person and by name. And so she came up to me and she said, girly, you've got a story to tell. I want to hear it. And I was like, I don't have a story, but I know a little bit of yours and I'd like to hear it. And so over several brunches, lunches, and lots of wine. Over the next three months, she got me to tell my whole story. And in January of 2020, just before the world shut down, my sister and I planned a trip to visit my mom in Florida. And around the dinner table one night, and over a lot of wine, and I'm not an alcoholic, um, we I said to my mom and my sister, I've been told I should tell my story. And my mom looked at me with these bright eyes and she said, what story? We had never talked about it. And so from that moment on, my sister and my mom were very supportive of me going public and talking about not just the accident itself and getting burned, but growing up with these body image issues. I would walk into my bedroom and cover the mirror. I didn't want to look at myself. I didn't share my story with people because I was fearful of them judging me. I was guilty. I was ashamed, all of that. And so I'm learning by sharing my story. Well, what I've learned in sharing it is that burn survivors isolate. We hide in our closet, right? Yep. Like most yep. of your audience does. And so what I'm learning as I share my story with Rotary and Kiwanis and Girl Scouts and anybody else who will listen to my story, I'm healing by sharing my story. Mm -hmm. And because I'm being a little bit vulnerable, my audience feels comfortable sharing their story. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm speaking, there are people in the room who have never shared that I've never worn shorts because I was burned on the leg because I fell into a fire pit or boiling water was, you know, bubbling on the stove when I was cooking pasta and blah, blah. You know, I hear all these stories right. and it's so amazing and it's so rewarding that people feel comfortable knowing that they're not alone. Well, and what you just demonstrated so beautifully, Gail, is your story is very similar to every LGBTQ person's story that we hide ourselves. We don't want people to know what if somebody discovers this, Oh, I'm not going to go do this, or I'm not going to show up at, you know, going shopping in the mall because what if I'm a guy and I'm shopping and I make some comment about something that is quote girly, so to speak, or what if I'm a girl and I'm like, I really like those like pants. And they're like, why would you wear those kind of pants? Right. The list goes on and on and on and on. Yours happens to be, something physically that, you know, quote, physically deformed and scarred your skin, right? Right. 
But the same thing occurs with us in our world. And it's not just our world of LGBTQ. Yours is one of the stories that just opens up so many of the other stories that we've had on here. You know, I had, I've had people on who are like, I was ashamed to do anything because I was so fat mm-hmm. and their closet was their weight. Yeah. I was ashamed to do anything because, you know, I, I was black and my community was mostly white. You know, there's so many of these. And I think the beauty of when we start to, as you so eloquently said, when we start to share our story, we not only do heal ourselves, but we give other people hope. We give other people that like, I'm not alone. And I know as I, as I started to build this whole business, I'm like, but nobody's going to care. You know, I'm just another gay guy, right? But it's been so interesting to be in that journey and to see, I mean, I get messages probably once, twice a week from people who listen to the podcast. And 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 that's not like, oh, doesn't sound like a lot. But you know, when somebody gets touched and I say, you know, I live in this space and this is, you're the only outlet I have to have these conversations with. A couple of weeks ago, I got an email from someone who said, I heard the the podcast you did about, you know, finding their pathway during the midst of COVID to finally go do something that was important. And the, the person I'd interviewed had written a book and they'd always wanted to write a book. And they said, I just found that whole conversation so freeing because this person was trapped. Yes, we were all kind of quote trapped during COVID, right? But yeah. they realized how how much they saw their own being trapped getting in the way of where they were trying to get in the world. And so I'm so glad to hear that these are those pieces that you're learning. And I find it interesting that like, it's so interesting to hear your mother's perspective, like what story, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like coming out to your parents, like, so mom, dad, guess what? Here's the thing. As parents, sometimes we don't see this stuff. You know, I mean, I can talk to my own experience with one of my children where I didn't see even though they lived right in my home, which is like, wow, you're living with this person. I didn't see the addiction that was happening under my own nose because it was, you know, there were so many other things going on with her that I'm like, well, that's just part of her being a teen, right? Now that we've gone through that journey and continue to go through that journey, it's it's very beautiful to be able to share those sort of things with other people. So, Back to your mom and sisters. So they sounds like they really become supportive around this. Yeah. So my mom turns 90 in two weeks. Wow. And we moved her to Tucson from Florida during COVID. She had a stroke and could mm. no longer live alone. And so she's been at all but two of my book signings. Wow. And she sits there and she, you can tell she's proud, but the tears just stream. And I work a lot with the Arizona Burn Foundation. They're mm-hmm. headquartered in Phoenix, and we're doing a lot of work to open the doors for survivors and families here in Southern Arizona. And their take on my mom is, even though she will verbally say, yes, I'm supportive, I have no guilt, she has lots of guilt. Mm-hmm. But you know, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, you didn't admit when you needed help. No. You didn't oh. go uh-uh. and talk to people about your most private thoughts. 
right? You didn't share your guilt. We didn't talk about sex. Let's just go there. Sex (laughs) was not anything that got mentioned, right? (laughs) And now it's like, it's prevalent, like it or not. Some people are like, no, no, no. But I mean, it's such an interesting thing to see. I mean, we did not talk about, you know, being gay. I still remember. uh, So my, my dad's family is really big. I mean, well, I'm going to say really big, seven kids. Um, so lots of uncles, aunts, cousins, like when we, when we were younger, I'm talking, you know, from, you know, time I was born till about fourth, fifth grade, we all, we all pretty much all of us lived in the Napa Valley area. And so when we would get together for the holidays, we literally had to like rent a community center, like to accommodate everybody. Right. Yeah. Big family. Grandmother was a cook. Um, my dad's oldest brother, um, owned restaurants in San Francisco, but nobody would talk about him being gay. Nobody would talk about this. His partner would show up with him. Oh, that's his friend, you know? And then it's like, you know, behind their backs, they're like, oh, you know, you know, they're the, they're the sweet guy, you know, right. So as a young gay boy, which at the time I'm like, I don't know, I didn't know this, but there was a definitely like some fascinations with men and, you know, things that I saw with men's bodies and stuff. I'm like, you know, da, 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 da. what a mixed signal I was getting. No, we don't talk about this. We don't talk about this. And it wasn't until I was 19 years old, my sec, yeah, I think it was the second year, uh, first or second year in college that I finally said, I have to say something. And even then in 1982, 83, mm-hmm, we don't talk about this. Mm-hmm. And taboo. so, I, yeah, everything totally. was taboo. You know, now, I mean, I love that we talk about things so openly because there's so much mental health stuff that if we start to talk about it and we start to pinpoint it, it it helps everybody move forward. Absolutely. And, you know, you hit on so many things there. So there's some parallels. My dad was the youngest of seven. I had gazillion cousins on my dad's side my mom's side as well and my my oldest uncle on my dad's side was a very well-known person in los angeles he was the creator producer and writer of hogan's heroes and so your younger audience won't remember hogan's heroes but it was a comedy um based on the gulag and concentration camps in Germany. And he wrote and created that. And as a Jewish man, that was really eye-opening, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, and I recently had a book signing back in upstate New York. And one of the people in my audience was my cousin, who's a year and a half older than me. And she never knew that I had been burned as a toddler. And we grew up together. We spend Sundays at one another's homes our entire growing up childhood. And she never knew. So it's so interesting because her thing was, why did you never tell me? We were like close like sisters. And people tend to take that personal, right? You didn't trust me. I could have supported you. And it's not I didn't trust you. It's I didn't trust myself. I... I, you carry this fear and this weight and this guilt around that you don't share with anybody because you don't know how. You don't. And, and the thing is, is the more we hold these secrets in place, the more we exacerbate the don't know how. 
That's true. And the more we don't share, those secrets get bigger and bigger and yes. heavier and heavier. Yes. And we're not it's able to be. Yes. And we're not able to be our true selves. And so like many of your listeners, I'm just so grateful to that woman three years ago who helped me start thinking about telling my story. And I'm grateful to the people like you who are giving me the platform to share my story. Because again, I heal every little bit, a little bit every time I speak, but I know the people that are in my audience heal as well. They know they're not alone, whatever their closet is that they're coming out from. It's so important to know that you're not alone. Yeah, and that loneliness is the epitome of the human experience these days, you know, and it's only exacerbated because of the pandemic and a world, you know, however you view it or don't view it that way, but there, there's an impact on the world that, oh my gosh, I'm the only one, right? Yeah. But yet how much we unified through that experience and continue to work through the experience, right? Um, I feel like when we start to, and I don't, I'm going to use the word normalize, but when we start to normalize the experiences, not to the point like Gail did, doesn't hurt anymore. Or she doesn't see the scars. None of that. I'm not saying that Rick hasn't completely healed from the wounding of, you know, being the little faggot boy or any of that stuff. There's that, you know, certain things are going to pop and hit at times. Right. But yet when we can start to make it okay, wow, I hear this every day. I see somebody else with this experience it does diminish it. You know, I'm, I'm turning 60 this week and somebody said to me, what are some of the greatest lessons that you've learned? And I, I'm going to just say it, let shit go because it's such a valuable thing. Now I'm not going to say listeners, you know, me, there's times I get on my rants about stuff. I'm not saying I'm good at this hundred percent of the time. Right. But when you can do that and you can start to look at, okay, somebody else has this experience and somebody else had this experience and somebody else had this experience. Right. One of the very first times after we switched the podcast from being completely 100% LGBTQ focused, it was a gal by the name of Amy Downs. She was one of the very first, quote, ally, you know, hey, I want to be on this show. I want to tell my story. She was not part of the LGBTQ community. She does have a connection into that community. But she was the last survivor pulled out of the Oklahoma city mommy. And she tells the story of laying under the rubble for six hours oh. and bargaining with God saying, you know, if I do, da, 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 she had no self-esteem. She was a, a, a chubby, heavy woman. She, yeah, I just, I, I got, I, I I'm trying to remember all the story, but like, I think she got a GED. She hadn't gone to college. She actually was a clerk. And I hate to say just a clerk, but that's how she said it. I'm a, I, she was a clerk at the credit union in that building. And she just kind of like, you know, in her own words, she even said, you know, I was just a little fat chubby girl that was just doing life, just doing life. And she bargained through that whole experience. Like if, Hey, if I get, make it through this, then I'm going to change. She is now brand I don't even know at this point because back when I was talking to her, she had ran her third or fourth Ironman. She had lost, I don't know, some ridiculous amount of weight, like 130 pounds, 140 pounds, something like that. 
she'd gone back to school and got her degree. And she is now the CEO of that credit union. So it's wow. just like, you know, these moments. And I remember right after that episode, getting so many emails, like, first of all, uh, what an amazing story. Oh my gosh, if she can do that, then I can lose 10 pounds. Oh my gosh. If, right. if, if she can do that, then I can, I can put the time in to go back to school. You know, it, it, there was people were grabbing on to so many different things. And I'm, I feel like for you, Gail, the beauty that you're bringing to this conversation is just keep going, look for your closets, see them, own them. I mean, that's one of the things I say all the time is you cannot come out of your closet until you own you're in your closet. That the only way to get out is to own right. it. Yes. You know? And that's so hard. Mm -hmm. But I, what I find is through repetition and exposure, that closet door opens wider and wider. I have a friend, well, my accountability coach, who's also a good friend now, but we were sitting over coffee the other day and it's a little off subject, but just to bring it back, I struggled uh, about 10 years ago with valley fever and I almost died. And I never talk about that when I'm on a podcast, when I'm selling, you know, selling books and doing book signings and readings. And she's like, why don't you ever talk about that? It's so prevalent here in the desert and people need to know that it's diagnosable, it's fixable, it's, you know, they're not alone. And it's just so interesting because that part of my closet had never been opened before. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it's about repetition and exposure. It's also, I think, recognizing that our scars, emotional, physical, both are lifelong. We're not ever going to get rid of those scars, but we can get past them. And it's about how we choose to get past them. Who's in our corner to support us to get past them. And if you don't lean out into the people who can support you, I'm going to say it, shame on you. And that's a tough pill to swallow. I literally, literally thought I was the only guy in the world who had ever been married and had kids and came out of the closet. It was, and I'm saying a little bit extreme, but there was a thought process in there. Like yeah. I'm, I'm nobody. And then suddenly, as soon as I started going out and meeting people, they're like, oh yeah, I have two kids. Oh yeah. I'm like, what, what, you know? And it was, is one of those things. And then as I started to lean in, I'm like, okay, now the irony, of course, Gail, is I built a whole business around this, right? So now it's like, yeah, here's a guy, and this is why I get coaching clients. This guy's done this. He's been through the walk. He's walked the talk and talked, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? But if we don't lean out to get that support, it's like if you had not, you know, and again, it would be kind of like roll the clock forward 40 years, 50 years. And if this had happened to you now as a young child, it would be like going, oh, I no, 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 I'm not going to go get the treatments and stuff because I want to I want to do what happened in the 50s. Yeah. It would be ludicrous. Right. You know, in fact, um, we're going through a, a family situation where my mother um, just recently found out that she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like a, it's a it's a journey at this point. Yeah. Yep. But to see what is unraveled and how quickly we got to the answers and, you know, the beautiful blessing that. They caught it quick enough. She's yes. going to be able to go through this on the lowest dose of chemo. She's probably not even going to get sick. She may have a little thinning hair and stuff like that. 
but it would be like, no, no, no. I want to do it the way where you get, you get to throw it. And I'm not, not, not right, anybody who's been right. to this. Right. But it'd be like saying, no, I need to throw up. Cause then I know for sure this, you know, and I'm saying, Hey, it doesn't know she's not going to. Right. Right. But if we don't reach out for the support and we don't say, Hey, it'd be like somebody listening to this and going, well, that was Gail's experience, but you know, I, I, I'm burned more than her. So she had, okay. I get it. The depth of your burns, the coverage of your burns, I have a student in my other program who he's burned almost 90% over his body and he's amazing. He gets up and he talks about his whole experience. Other people would be like, I absolutely can't do that. That isn't John O'Leary by chance, is it? No, no, okay. no, no. Um, I know who you're talking about though. And it's just, it's one of those amazing things that sometimes we let our stubbornness and our humility yes. hold us back from the thing that we most need. And well, that's one of the reasons I wanted. So just when you popped up on the opportunity, I'm like, this will be such a great story because there was an accident. That's the name of the book. But the accident will be with you for life, but it hasn't doesn't have to define your life. Exactly. And it's very difficult to ask for help. Yes. And it's so crucial to all of our healing to ask for help. And lacking self-confidence helps buy into, I can't ask for help because I'm alone and it takes confidence to ask for help. And so it's all wrapped together along with that imposter syndrome, right? You're not really either who you are or you don't feel you deserve where you are or who you are. And so I really appreciate that you offer this podcast to your listeners because I know it helps them in sharing their stories in knowing they're not alone mm -hmm. in getting support whether it's simply an audio support knowing that they're not alone or if it pushes them to get coaching pushes them to talk to other people Right. That's how yep. my coaching business is as well. It's all about you need self-confidence to do anything in life, whether it's get a job or find a spouse or whatever it is. So we're yeah. doing good together. And that's yeah. that's well, really and that's the thing. I hope that great. people see that the good that you can do by sharing your story, even if it's only with one person, I'm not saying everybody needs to go on a podcast or be on a stage or wherever it may be, but you, you just never understand the power of one time sharing your story with somebody and it changes the world for them and changes the world for the better, you know? Absolutely. So, uh, it's so interesting. You said that because I've done book signings with 30 people in the room and eight people in the room. And in the spring I happened to do one and it was just starting to get warm here. So a lot of people had fled the desert for California or Seattle or wherever. And right, so right. I show up and I set everything up and one woman shows up Wow! and I did my thing. I didn't do the PowerPoint and all of that, but I did my spiel and she bought a book. And afterwards the organizer said to me, I am so sorry. Like, why did you even stay? And I said, did you hear her? Her mother was burned in a house fire and she had never shared that with anyone. 
Mm-hmm. So I touched that woman, one woman's life yep. in that hour. Yep. So I was meant to be here and so was she. Absolutely. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. And I think that's the thing is when we move, remove the, this has to matter piece out of it, yeah. which is our egos talking. And it's yep. just, you know, and I've been there. I mean, there's been times like, you know, gosh, and as soon as I'm in that headspace, nothing happens. I can't get clients. I can't get a speaking gig. I have a crappy podcast, you know, all this stuff like this has got to be it. Right. And then in the moment that I switched to gears, like, how can I be of service? How can I serve just one person? It changes everything. And it brings me back to being humble. And and I'm not saying don't be confident. I'm not talking about that. Mm -hmm. There's a beautiful humility and confidence that when those two things are married together, they produce amazing results. So, so if somebody wants to like, follow you, get a hold of you, look at your book, get your, uh, you know, your website, shout out whatever you want. This is your moment to like, you know, go self-promote, go have fun with it. So, um, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So my book, the accident tells my story and stories of going through what I did that have never been shared before. And it's in English and in Spanish. You can get it through my publisher booklocker.com. The English version is backslash 11593. Mm. The Spanish version is backslash 11681. And it's also available on audio because a lot of burn survivors don't have access to their hands or digits. So everything they do in the hospital and aftercare is through headsets. Mm. And my website is www first impressions the number one dot com awesome and that's where this podcast will be shown as well excellent well gail thank you so much for sharing yourself with my audience and being willing to be out in the world doing what you do to have the impact that you do and for uncloseting yourself to share your story in the way that you just did today i really appreciate you and thank you so much for being on the podcast Thank you for having me as your guest. I really appreciate it. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And we just might help change a life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. <laughs>